The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay Paul Nadeau. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inspire Us. You know, so much is said about mindset and the sheer power that we have once we set our minds to doing something. But is it also possible for us to set our minds up to heal ourselves more rapidly after a big accident? Is it possible that we can take action using our mind and our bodies to help heal ourselves five or six or seven hundred percent faster? Is it possible? Well, be prepared to be inspired by this story that you're about to hear. And without any further delay, I am going to introduce you to a woman who did exactly that. Giselle Wynn has an incredible story, and here she is to share it. Hello, Giselle, and welcome to Inspire Us. Hello, Paul. So great to see you. It's so great to see you again. You know, last week, we had such an interesting conversation about how you arrived and what you've done since then. It's one of those stories where you immigrated pretty much with nothing, and then you went on to be such a great success. And a lot happened to you kind of turned your life around too. So there's an event that happened on April 26, 2014 that changed your life that I want to get to. But before that, I'd love to find out your story of how you arrived and how you became the success that you are today. So why don't you start off by telling us that? All right, Paul. So I actually live in California. Um, And I understand that you're from Canada. I am. Yeah. Yeah, you, you reminded me, of, well, actually, you reminded me of that this morning when I asked you about the California weather compared to the <laughs> Toronto weather, and you broke my heart. So go ahead, continue breaking my heart. It's all right. <laughs> all right. It's, it's only about 70 degrees out here in Southern California, Paul. But um, thank you so much for that, for that question. You know, my, so I'm Vietnamese American. And uh, my parents and my family and I came to the States after the war in 1975. Uh, I was a young child. My parents came over with basically nothing. Um, So my story is very similar to many other Vietnamese immigrants who came over to the US and to Canada and to other countries around the world where we had to start from scratch. My parents were, My dad was a mayor uh, in Vietnam. And when he came to the States, he worked for Kentucky Fried Chicken. He worked at a bomb shelter company. He worked in a a fabric company. So basically doing remedial work until he was able to, um, so that he can feed seven of us. Um, So there were, so the first two children 
have already grown up and got married. So there are five of us who uh, lived with him and he basically took care of us, put us through college and, um, you know, is the shining example of, um, of how I wish to live my life. And a father who does all that for his children, you have uh, seven, wow. Um, and him coming to Canada and having to work at Kentucky Fried Chicken and just start from scratch and, and feed all of you and, and make a living. That must have rubbed off a lot on you. And what I mean by that is that a lot of the, you could see that he was determined to, you know, to make it in, in America, you know, sort of that, that dream. We come to America, we make it in America, and he has. And you being his daughter, you went on to do some pretty remarkable things as a businesswoman and as a leader. And uh, I'd love to get into that. So I, so let me just kind of give you um, a quick, summary. So over the past 20 years, I worked in corporate. Um, I have experience in working in the trifecta. So in the profit sector, I worked um, for Coca-Cola. I was a director of national retail sales, supported the third largest retailer um, in the world, Costco, um, at that time. And, um, and then afterwards, I um, moved into the nonprofit sector, pursuing my passion of um, supporting nonprofits in the educational space. Um, so I'm the president of Inside the Outdoors where we create environmental programs um, at, at, at districts uh, within Orange County Department of Education. Uh, and then I also um, decided that I wanted to become a teacher. So I also do substitute teaching um, while um, managing two companies at the same time. You're very interested in uh, the welfare and development of children, right? Yes, I am very yeah. much so. Would you tell us something about that? Yes. So after I left corporate America, I decided to, you know, there was a story that, that I'll, I'll share with you in a little bit that was the precursor to this decision for me to leave corporate. Uh, but after I left, I wanted to focus on creating value for children. And I think the educational space is really important because, you know, our education system hasn't moved as quickly as our economy, as the technology that is uh, changing every day um, in social media, you know, uh, on the internet and, and the technology that we're bombarded with that is accessible, you know, through our phone. So what I wanted to do was to use and apply my skills. Um, so I have a, a master's with a focus on marketing and then um, I, I'm passionate about education. And then I have this Six Sigma uh, black belt skill where I'm able to organize projects. And I wanted to help our school system to come up with experiential hands-on programs to help students learn. You know, we have, you know, we have an education system that uses teachers as a, as a sage on the stage. And the students are sitting there several hours a day listening to the teacher and they're not as interactive. So 
the goal of my programs is really to put the student at the center of the stage and create programs around their students' interest and really enabling them to interact more, to engage more, so that they could pursue their passion and their interest and discover their voice much earlier on, right? Because I, I think that the traditional pro, the traditional education program, um, helps us learn important things, you know, the facts, you know, the science, the math, and all of the fundamentals. But we also need to give students the exposure to pursue what's important to them earlier on so that they could become greater versions of themselves and pursue their passion, uh, you know, before they reach, you know, 40 or 50. <laughs> oh, I love that. I really do. It's so important to start children off young and to especially, and I say, I keep using especially now, but yeah, it's true. Especially now with the world turned upside down, to to focus on our children and allowing them to have a voice earlier and to be recognized earlier and to be heard and understood and all that kind of wonderful thing that it sounds like your program would do uh, is so important because I'm guessing and I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. I'm not any of this, but I'm guessing that a lot of our children are going to have a hard time uh, adjusting to this new world because they need that contact. They need to have their voices heard. So thank you for doing that. And uh, yeah, that is great. Are you, are you actually, is that going out to schools now or are you in the development phase of that, uh, of that teaching? So there are um, several ways that we're getting the programs out. Um, so I'm, I'm on the REACH Foundation, which supports Placentia Yorbaleta Unified School District, um, and we're curating programs there. And I'm also putting together a program through uh, an online community called Life Ops that, we're, that we are in the process of, of implementing. And uh, Life Ops will also offer training uh, for teachers, for parents, and for students on different methods and techniques in order to help um, students learn the life skills that are important for their personal growth and development earlier on. I want to take a, uh, a trip down memory lane, if you're okay with that, because uh, last week you told me about a time that really changed your life. And um, I thought that was so inspirational. Uh, would you mind telling us about a date, April 26, 2014, in your life? Oh, yes, Paul. So yes, that date was the day that um, was the wake-up call that changed my life forever. Earlier that week, I was in Dallas, Texas, leading a team of 30 managers on this project. And from Dallas, I flew down to Houston, <clears throat> then drove to San Antonio. And on that beautiful Saturday morning uh, in San Antonio, I got into the passenger seat of a car to catch a return flight to Orange County. And while we were traveling about 50 miles an hour, you know, we entered the freeway, and then suddenly my car flew out of control. You know, it veered sharply to the left and then jerked to the right and then careened to the left and then violently slammed into a concrete embankment. When I opened my eyes and I was scanning the surroundings, I saw the front 
hood crushed like an accordion and I could smell the burning fumes. And I went to open the, the car door to run out. And that's when I realized that something was terribly wrong. My legs, they would not move. And so as I sat in that car, immobilized, I realized the gravity of the situation. I knew how I wanted to live for the rest of my life because I didn't know whether I was going to make it or not. And I remember promising myself that if I were to, if I were to live through this, that I would live my life differently. And so, you know, those of you who, who know me know that I'm you know, organized and driven and my husband may add that I'm a touch stubborn, but after eight hours of surgery, the neurosurgeon fused my four vertebrae in my neck back into place. It's in the C5, C6, C7, and T1. I recovered in ICU and then five days later, I was transferred to Health South Rehab Center in San Antonio, Texas. And by this point, I have been immobile for two weeks and unable to walk. I couldn't put on my clothes or socks or shoes. You know, I couldn't even shower or use my bodily functions. I had a catheter on. And at the rehab center, during the admissions process, the neurosurgeon studied my charts and said that patients with your condition usually take about three months to stabilize and three years to fully recover. And when he was saying this, I looked at him in disbelief. Of course, I've never been away from my children for this long. But hearing him say three months, it was unimaginable to me. I couldn't accept that. And as the doctor continued explaining my treatment, medication, physical therapy, occupational therapy, I was seething on the inside. All I could think about was, I don't care. Of course, no disrespect to the doctors, but this is not me. I don't care what the average statistic says. I don't care what the chart says. I have control over my own body. I have control over my mind. And I'm the person in charge here. And while I didn't know how much time my body would take to heal, I knew that it would be shorter than three months. So laying in that hospital bed with a neck brace on, I had a lot of quiet time to think. And you know, in retrospect, I think that this medically forced quiet time was a life-changing experience for me. I became aware of my deeper thoughts. I reviewed my life's plan. I focused on my inner strength, focusing, you know, forcing all doubts and negativity from my mind. And some people call this process meditation, silent prayer, mindfulness practice, but I called it being trapped in the hospital. And this practice was totally new to me. And before this, you know, I was one of those people who never stopped working or, or moving. But now, laying in the hospital, my number one focus was walk, fly home, and hold my children. And every day, I visualized what it felt like to walk, get on a plane, and hug my daughters. And these thoughts consumed me while I learned how to put one foot in front of the next and I learned how to walk again. And what I also learned was for every day that I was immobile, I lost one week of cardiomuscular strength. And my muscle was atrophied after laying down for so long. And so starting from day one, when the therapist asked me to put 
to, t- to do 10 leg lifts, I would do 100, 20 mm. steps, and I would do 200. And they would give us these plastic bands to work on our arms while I would work on them incessantly. And I committed every muscle fiber, every ounce of energy I had Paul, to my vision. And that night when the hospital was dark, I would lay in bed doing stomach crunches. Mm-hmm. If I was not sleeping, I was exercising. So what was the outcome, you might ask? Well, that is, uh, I'm definitely going to ask what was the outcome of doing that. <laughs> Sounds like you were rocky, rocky in bed, you know, like you're, you're that rocky mentality. You're not, you're not, yeah. I'm going to ask you to do five, you do 500. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Rocky. What did you do? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Rocky growing up and yes. Yeah. Um, so Paul, it took, I was in rehab for eight days, not three months. I was stable enough to fly home in eight days, 13 days after surgery. And in two months, I had hiked two miles. And in three months, I went back to work and completed my multi-million bra, my my project in five months at Coca-Cola. And while you may think that this recovery is unique to me, I believe we all have the ability to create the life we want to live. And so that's why I'm so passionate in my coaching business, Paul, because I believe that each one of us have our unique strength, you know, our unique gift and our superpower. And you have the ability to create the life you want to live. And I believe that all of us have what we need already inside. And so you don't have to do anything to be great. You just have to discover your own greatness because I believe that we have the capability, we're more influential, we're more creative than we allow ourselves to be. So, you know, at the rehab center, you know, just the idea of telling the doctors that I will walk again in eight months after made, uh, or in eight days after major surgery, it seemed ludicrous and crazy and far out to other people and also to me. But I know now, and I'm the living proof, Paul, that it is possible when you have the right mindset, the right emotional state, and you take massive action to achieve your vision and your goals. What a wonderful story. That is a story of sheer determination. You're right about mindset. When you put your mind to something, you're not gonna give up. We don't always have to listen to what somebody says, hey, it's gonna take six months, it's gonna take whatever. You know, it's it's you who can work on that mindset. And as you demonstrated, that sheer willpower of getting beyond that that limitation that you were experiencing and saying, no, I'm going to do something uh, remarkable. I'm going to move out of this a lot quicker. And you did. Now, since that time, so you broke your neck uh, the prognosis was bad and it was going to take a long time, but you just fooled everybody because of your mindset. You went on to recover so quickly and the three months you would have been immobilized pretty much. Now you're hiking, you're, you're going for these long hikes and you're going back to work. That is a story of remarkable recovery. And just, as I said, sheer willpower, uh, how have you been since that time? I mean, this was back in 2014. Have you experienced any recurrences? Does, does, are, are you still in pain? Uh, what's your life like now? 
you know what? I feel great, Paul. I'm fit. I exercise every single day. I uh, continue to meditate. Um, I continue to take courses. I am, you know, actively, you know, building my businesses and um, supporting the nonprofits that I'm passionate about. So, uh, you know, I would say that I'm 99% there. Um, I used to be very athletic and I would play badminton in sports and my fast twitch muscles aren't as fast as it was before. But other than that, I'm 99% there. That's such a great story. Now, drawing from that personal experience, you are a coach now and you coach, uh, who do you coach and, and are you a mindset coach? Because it sounds like uh, you might've got into some of the mindset coaching. Uh, would I be right in, in saying that or what kind of coaching do you do? Yes, yes. So, you know, I love working with professionals and women um, who are struggling with, with, yes, their mindset. And I think we live in a culture of self-doubt. You know, there's a lot of imposter syndrome and, um, you know, and, and especially women, sometimes, you know, you feel that you're subjugated and, and you're, you know, oppressed. And so in my coaching practice, I help professionals and women create a roadmap to help them get unstuck um, and to live their life and their vision with purpose and intention. So, you know, I bring in my years of experience, you know, in business, in the nonprofit, um, and, you know, I support my, my clients to help them fulfill their goals and their dreams. How can people reach out to you to, number one, to contact you if, if they want coaching services from you or just to find out more about you? Do you have a website? Do you have a place where people can come and, and connect with you? Um, so I have a website. It's um, Giselle T. Wynn. Um, and I can also be found on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram as well. And I'd, I'd love to connect with um yeah, with anybody who's interested. So thank you so much, Paul. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm going to put uh, your links into the show notes. Uh, so when this episode is released, people will have easy access to get a hold of you. And I'm going to connect with you on these uh, social platforms as well. Giselle, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. If you had any parting, I guess, tips or a little bit of inspiration to share with our listeners today, um, drawing from your personal experience of, of being able to set your mind to get beyond something that seemed so difficult to get beyond, what would you tell our listeners? What is it that you would tell our listeners that would encourage them uh, going through whatever they may be going through right now? Yeah, thank you, Paul. You know, I think that during this global pandemic that we're all in, where we're isolated and we're not able to interact, you know, with, um, with our friends and our family, I think, you know, we're as a, as a country and as a world experiencing, um, you know, a lot of uh, internal um, turmoil. And one of the things that I would advise, you know, your audience is, is to take the time and visualize what it is that you want to accomplish. And I, I, I'm thinking about J.K. Rowland's um, quote. Um, she said that happiness can be found even in the darkest of times, if only we remember to turn on the light, right? So 
we all have that switch within us. And even in our darkest moment, remember to turn on the light because, you know, we, we have our greatness that is ready to come out and unfurl. Well, thank you for that. It's a great quote. And thank you for sharing your greatness with us. I mean, your work with children, your programs, um, your business background speaks for itself. Uh, you came from nothing. You've made such a great impact in the world. And that story of turning your life, uh, well, it wasn't turning your life. It was your life just kind of took a real a, a real detour. If I can use that, it was a real detour, April 26, 2014. And that incredible courage of yours and that incredible mindset of yours is a testimony to each and every one of us as listeners and as human beings that the mind is greater than the circumstances that we experience. Giselle, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, continue being the great you. Oh, thank you, Paul. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And thank you um, for giving me this opportunity to share my story. No, you're welcome. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient. 